I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Boar. Hey, I'm Jess. Hey, I'm Doug. And this episode, well, it's a continuation of our previous week's episode, which basically doesn't mean anything because it's all new topics. We're just talking about all the nerdy stuff that's happened lately. This is fucking nerdy show. Yeah, we made a mistake. We we, we talked too much. We yeah. talked about too many cool things. We didn't want to cut it out, so we had to split it in two. It's, it's, it's divided in twain like a <laughs> biblical child. We split it in twain! <laughs> we didn't actually cut that child in half, though. That's the point of the story. Yeah, they bifurcated yeah. like 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 a bifurcated penis or the hydra you know that works too <laughs> <laughs> all right so so we're gonna we're just gonna dive back into it um uh, let, let's let's roll what's what's next shit the weekend following uh shadowcon i went to north carolina comic-con with aaron it's a great convention we've been there in years prior and it's it's a small show that has a lot of uh, talented people there. And this time they really pulled out all the stops and they had two major guests. And that was Charlie Adlard, who does the art for Walking Dead in his only U.S. appearance of the year. And um, Gerard Way, who most people know as the front man for My Chemical Romance. But... Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's random. Uh, but is the Eisner Award winning author of Umbrella Academy. Uh, a comic book that actually was what um, won the Eisner over Best New Series instead of Atomic Robo. Huh. Wow. And uh, it was uh, it was interesting. These guys had lines so long that they were actually st- stationed in an, another building outside the convention center. Uh, people drove from as far, I heard, as Oklahoma to stand out in the cold, because it's North Carolina, um, for uh, upwards of five hours to get a signature um now that's standing in line that's not for me but uh um but i i guess that but the rest of the show was was awesome i assume those people had a good time in line in the cold but they they got what they wanted i i, I assume well, the interesting thing about gerard way though there was a, a panel when the show started basically the two big guests and then there was tommy lee edwards who is an awesome uh author and artist from comic books in his own right but he kind of co-runs the uh the convention actually so he was there acting as moderator just kind of having a discussion about whatever came to mind between the artist of walking dead and gerard way of my chemical romance um and eventually there's a q a section it was pretty it was pretty all right the audience was full of screaming middle school girls hmm. uh apparently my chemical romance are still very popular turns out what <laughs> yeah i was like man my Chemical Romance, I haven't heard anything that from them like, since early 2000s. Yeah, like 10, 10 years ago. I mean, I listened to them when I was in high school because that was my, you know, that phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently they're still a thing because all the, all the girls who were there were quite young. Um, is, is it still like the pop punk thing? Is that still a thing? You know, I know I also work for a music website, but... I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, oh, my big sister used to listen to it. Now I love it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I'm probably gonna, that's probably that you. I think you nailed it on the head there. That's <laughs> probably what it was. That's the, the obvious answer to me. But you know, whatever they like it. So Gerard, he's like, 
he's up on the stage looking like super casual, not in some fancy white suit with red hair or anything like that. He's looking chill. There's dudes cosplaying as him from various music videos. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was almost going to ask if uh, at some point he left and then came back in Black Parade outfits. No, the audience was doing that for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I actually saw them in concert once, and that exact thing happened. Halfway through the concert, they're just like, all right, that's it. And then like, they went away, and then they came back as the Black Parade. Yeah. And I was like what and then they played a whole another like full set as this alternate band interesting well i mean he he, yeah i I guess that's that's they treated the black parade as like a separate band huh so that's a a band (laughs) narrative of theirs yeah just like sergeant pepper huh that makes a lot of sense one of the other the other book he's known for is a book called like i believe the fabulous killjoys it has a long name a long a longer name than that um i read it and enjoyed it uh, art by becky clunan who's an, a wonderful artist worked on great many cool projects so this this whole thing's going on and jardway's talking he's very he's very quiet um but aaron who i was with he's kind of like a comic book prophet you could say he can look at the 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 things happening in the comic book world or key things that people say in regards to comic books and put together all kinds of context clues that other people wouldn't normally get. For example, when Brightest Day, the event at DC was happening, based on many very flimsy context clues, he was able to determine, oh yeah, DC is totally going to bring Vertigo back into the DC universe. Swamp Thing and John Constantine are going to be back in the fold as part of canon. That's totally going to happen. He brought it up at a um, at a panel at Megacon and got this Oh my God! How did you know that? Fuck you! Don't say another word. Stare from Jeff Johns. Uh, he's good at shit like that. Huh. So Gerard Way's talking. He's saying how much he loves the X Men. He's saying how he used to intern at DC Comics and how that was a good experience. He's never written anything for DC before. During a very brief Q and A session, Aaron gets a gets called and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I was wondering um, since uh, since you love the X Men and you love DC." Why aren't you doing a Doom Patrol book? You should totally do Doom Patrol, which, if you're not familiar with the relatively obscure characters Doom Patrol, they're basically the th- the weird as hell team that Marvel kind of borrowed from heavily to create the X-Men. Uh, Grant Morrison famously wrote them for a long time. It's very surreal, awesome comic book stories. So Gerard Way's like, it's funny you should mention that. I actually did a pitch for Doom Patrol at DC uh, with Becky Cloonan on art. It got approved and I couldn't do it because I didn't have time. Huh. So we were, we were shocked. Like everyone was shocked to hear that because no, he pitched it and then and they approved it. Yeah. And then he's like, no, oh, never mind. Well, uh, there's, there's more to that story. Actually, Aaron runs the story on DC or Aaron runs the story on bleeding. Cool. It, it, the news breaks, it goes out to everybody who's reporting on comic books reports on this thing. Becky Cloonan shoots back with some of the art from this pitch, saying, here it is, we're not working on this now, please don't ask me about this again. Because he's he's doomed her. She's going to get asked about it forever now until this book happens, if it ever does. Um, and to Gerard Way saying, you know, I didn't have time for it, well, DC has an imprint called Earth One, which was specifically for telling standalone stories for writers who couldn't do a monthly book. So he's like, it's got to be Earth One. You should do Earth One. Um, and then Gerard Way replies with, uh, here's the, here's the, it, the cover of what would have been issue one for this book. Seriously, I wanted to do this so bad, I almost quit the band over it. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, our little Aaron, man, he stirred up, he stirred up a fucking hornet's nest of weird, weird, weird stuff. And, and I, I, it's our hope that due to him putting this out in the public consciousness, this book may actually exist now due to people wanting it and my chemical romance might not be a band anymore <laughs> well if if it's an original graphic novel look up the black parade see if they're still a band <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that was that was a that was a time and it was a great convention highly recommend it spent a lot of time hanging out with our old pal brian clevenger well if i ever get a time machine and have enough uh plutonium maybe i'll think about going to that one <laughs> no nah, go to, go to it next year Oh, I thought you were saying go to that specific one. I'm, sh- I mean, you know, if you if you can, you sure why not? But I'm sure you got better things to do with a time machine, man. You know. <laughs> well, once you have a time machine, time's irrelevant. 
Well, until you run out of plutonium and the Libyans come after you. Well, yeah. It's got to get a new uh, fusion core. And now we're back on Fallout 4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, uh, about Cytec stuff. Yeah. That, you said Some fusion, fusion, fusion core? Sure, why not? Yeah. That's a good, as good enough as any. All right. Um, this you know, is... as a, while we're on fusion cores. Go on. If you shoot somebody in the fusion core or if you steal the fusion core, they're ejected from their power armor. Really? Yeah. You can you can steal it from their power armor? Yeah. That's if amazing. You, if you sneak up to them and steal their fusion core, That's... they're forced to get out and then you can vats them and backstab them. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh man, that is a pro tip. I cannot wait to do that. But what how about saying? How... sci-fi? <laughs> science. Yeah. Actual science. Yeah, actual science. Actual science right now. Uh first human tests of memory boosting brain implants. Sign me up. Yeah, you want that? I want four of them. Now how did how how do they Why test four this? specifically? I don't know, because they'll probably come up with one that's four times better in the future. So I want a future proof and just put four in right now. Well, maybe you can get a slot. Like you can get a, a bunch of different slots and as long yeah. as they don't change the formats. I'm a big fan of slots. Like, how, 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 now explain this. How, did, how does this work? How do they test? They put, would they put a memory card in your head? Like what is this? Um, yeah, micro SD cards. Get some, <laughs> some RAM. I don't truly Why did you know. put a class one in my brain? They <laughs> <laughs> did put like a text. Taken forever. They put a text document on a, on a, on a, on a, on a little card and they put it in the slot and they're just like, all right, do you remember what's on the card? Uh, 0011005, 0011100001111. Just like, just starts talking binary. Because... Why is my brain filled with EULAs now? <laughs> That's too deep for me. Well, please explain that joke. And user license agreements. Oh, thanks. Got it. I know it now. It's just like, you get 50 pages full of giant <laughs> contract-like text that you have to agree before you can remember anything. Now, did, so Although they, maybe you could read them so quickly now that you can then find the hidden money that they put in some of those things. Now, no, wait. Now, is this, is this to help boost your ability to remember things, or is this to give you a new memory like The Matrix? Yeah, are we talking Johnny Mnemonic here, or are we talking... The answer could be all of it. Uh, but could be is imperative. Right now, they're testing it specifically where the um, where the the existing market is, and that is people. Maybe it's like phenomenon. Remember I... where he had that weird brain tumor that stimulated his brain? And he just remembered everything. Well, he got superpowers too, but yeah, that's I, true, I never yeah. saw that one. Oh, hmm. I don't think who was in that one. John Travolta. Travolta. Okay, I was he... like, I thought Travolta, but like it couldn't be Travolta. He, he was read... also in that Angel movie. No, he read uh, he read the Portuguese to English dictionary, and then he could speak Portuguese like after like twenty minutes. Huh. Well, nice like work. Like the you Matrix. <laughs> Anyhow, here's the deal: <laughs> people people with memory disabilities, like who have long term memory problems, like Alzheimer's and stuff. Very any any conceivable reasons from from injuries to diseases. They've basically isolated that problem to specifically the hippocampus and certain signals that it does not receive due to whatever's causing that block. So they've created a chip that can kind of circumvent that. And the way this they, they came to this is there was a dude named Theodore Berger who is a biomedical engineer. He's been deciphering how neurons in the hippocampus transform memories from short term to long term for 35 years. Ooh. He's been watching wow. how it works. And as a result, he's like, okay, we found enough patterns. We found enough things that were regular about it um, that we can turn it into math. Basically, the, the hippocampus breaks down to a series of electrical pulses that occur over time that are generated by a given number of neurons. And the signals have a given input and output. So there's enough about that that they know definitively that they're like, okay, we can turn that into math. We can make a chip. The problem is the brain is completely nonlinear, so all this information is like willy-nilly everywhere. But the success ratio, and they've tested it in rats and monkeys, has been very high. Um, however, I will say their tests are a little weird. Um, basically, they, they I don't know what this looks like. I have no you asked me what it looks like, how it, how they do this, they put a chip in your brain exactly. I mean, clearly there's there is a direct machine to brain interface of some kind. I don't know how it looks. There weren't any pictures in the article I saw. Um, it probably doesn't look cool. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but they'll have an animal do a thing and they'll record what them doing that thing looks like as so far as the memories and how it fires off. 
and then force them to forget that thing via some like drugs or in the instance of monkeys they fed them cocaine uh to what to the fuck are we forget talking me now about? Jeez. this is going to like yeah i don't cocaine monkeys <laughs> yeah i thought that was a little weird they didn't just use rohypnol with with the rats, is this how Rays of the Planet of the Apes started? Uh, maybe, and we'll give them. This the, is like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind meets Planet <laughs> of the Apes meets Twelve Monkeys <laughs> meets Johnny Mnemonic <laughs> meets Johnny Mnemonic. Yes, let's hope it doesn't go that route. I but I could definitely see how it could. Uh, with, with the rats, the rats basically had a situation where they were testing specifically their hippocampus, and they Secret said, "Nim." <laughs> 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 they were like. All right, there's food behind a door. Pull the right lever, get the food. They're like, all right, you did that? Great. We've mapped it. Okay, here's a, here's a drug. Forget it. Forget it all. Now we're going to introduce, we're going to, you're like, oh, you don't know what, how to do it. Now we're going to reintroduce that suggestion based on the, the, the bleeps that we mapped. And oh, all of a sudden, they remember how to do it. Ridiculously high success ratio. So, uh, with the monkeys, they were not doing the hippocampus. They were doing their prefrontal cortex, showing them uh, pictures and testing visual recognition. Then they're like, all right, here's a ton of cocaine. I, I don't know in what format they gave them cocaine. <laughs> just monkeys sniffing cocaine. <laughs> they just gave them a $100 bill, a razor blade, a and mirror. a mirror. <laughs> they already knew what to do. They're, they're, they're test monkeys. How do you think they can get day-to-day? <laughs> How do they get the cocaine? I don't know. And really, that was the whole test, too, is originally they, they had to learn how to roll up the $100 bill and suck <laughs> out the cocaine. And then they, they made them forget that the, with the cocaine. The first 15 years was just getting the monkey to roll the bill. <laughs> I, I assume that they use the cocaine to disrupt their recall. But then they use the of... chip, and then they can get more cocaine. <laughs> it be, because something to do with the prefrontal cortex. I honestly don't know, but I, there's the idea of cocaine and monkeys i I mean i've I've seen it somewhere before i know i just can't remember where specifically but it's a good it's a good visual um i mean heck if uh charlie murphy's true stories taught me anything it's like cocaine's a hell of a drug and you'll forget like pretty quick (laughs) (laughs) um but they are testing on human patients right now to my knowledge they don't get free cocaine Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. Count me out. Um, they're specifically tracking uh, people with seizures, like epileptic patients, um, because seizures have the power to destroy critical parts of the hippocampus's memory retention. And in this case, they've had an 80% success rate, which isn't as good as the other animals, but is 80% not bad. Um, the Considering tri- that our brains are just maybe a little bit more complex than a rat's. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, just like opening food doors, and yeah, that's pretty. It's a pretty simple, simple memory thing. But the trick is where we are with this technology is it has to observe a moment, record that moment, and then have that moment on call for people, like as far as the bleeps and pulses, to for the chip to replay that moment when your brain is asking for it and can't find it, and that's very complicated. But they have hope that with how advanced mathematics are right now and integrated circuits and everything, they can get beyond a rudimentary thing but at its core now that we're on human testing even if it doesn't get to the point that we can expand or boost our memory because memory boosting is a possibility with this though it's a very distant one at this point it will at the very least be a tool almost like a pacemaker for a heart that for people who are losing their memory could actually um improve their quality of life i just i i just want to know if in theory someone else can learn math They'll record the bleeps and bloops, and then yeah. they'll just plug it in my brain like the Matrix. Well, the thing, the thing that about that that probably won't happen, at least in this version, until we're way more advanced, is that the way my brain processes something is probably completely different from the That's way true. that your brain yeah. processes yeah. it. So it's probably going to have to be like personal experiences. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting that they're bringing this up for memory loss because there was there was also something for uh, treating Alzheimer's and, and other types of memory loss and that they were finding that I guess there's these plaques that like gunk up between neurons, yeah, I guess, for lack of a better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they found this like non-invasive like ultrasound treatment that like kind of breaks up that plaque and yep. also restores memory. So, yeah, there's just, like a lot of exciting alzheimer's treatments that are like in the works right now that i've read about yeah are we just gonna go ahead and throw deep blue sea into the mix while we're at it 
what happened in Deep Blue Sea? I never they saw were, it. They were trying to cure Alzheimer's. But, yep. And oh. in order for them to cure Alzheimer's, they were doing experiments on the brains of sharks. Did they have to wear hats like a shark's fin? No, but they had to make <laughs> this. The reason why the sharks are so big is because if you make the shark's brain bigger, you can then operate on it and do the tests on it. So. <gasps> and then you get street sharks. Oh, Jossum! That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only next logical step. <laughs> Anytime you can work street sharks into a conversation, do it. Yeah, go for it. Why not? <laughs> so uh let's go to space yes the, i'm the best at space we're we're on the precipice of space mining being legalized and as we all know from science fiction like moon mining in space is the way to make it commercially viable for humanity to move to the stars you can mine water plutonium helium-3 all Ethereum. kinds of stuff uh an unobtainium probably yeah. uh from from the moon from asteroids um, deuterium, deuterium is a serious thing that they were thinking about mining from the moon. What, what is deuterium? It uh, sounds they're going to use it as an, an energy source. It's not actually that dangerous at all. It's um, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it is, but it's basically a, a fuel source. Okay. Well, um, the trick is is that to currently there are no um, the the legislation involving that. It's all very complicated or non-existent. Uh, but, in fact, it may have even been approved by the president by the time you hear this. I know as of this recording, it is on Obama's desk. That's how far along it is. Um, so approved unanimously by the Senate, I might add. Um, and uh, basically what it does is it extends what's called the, the learning period where emerging space flight companies can operate without too much government oversight, which is interesting, and then would also give companies the rights to resources that they may one day extract from asteroids. Currently, we have a thing called the Outer Space Treaty, which declares that no nation can own property in space. But what this does is it says, yes, uh, you cannot own an asteroid, but you can own what you mine from that asteroid. So specifically, a United States citizen engaged in commercial recovery of an asteroid or space resource will be entitled to any resource obtained, including to possess, own, transport, use, and sell the resource in accordance with the applicable law, including the international obligations of, of the United States. And an interesting note is when they say space resource, it means something that's abiotic. So living things cannot be considered a resource. You cannot mine aliens okay. for uh, their their seed, well, let's say. There goes that plan. <laughs> However, could mine the materials that they need to live. Yeah. And thereby hold them hostage and make them do your bidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some, there's, there's some pl problems with this, uh, chief among which... The uh, the space law and policy solutions agency pointed out it's it's kind of not ready. Like there should have been an international discussion that happened before the United States decided to throw in and say what could or couldn't happen. But I guess we're like, hey, we're bosses of space, so uh, you know. I mean, we're bosses of everywhere else, right? I mean, <laughs> since when do we really look for international agreement on anything? Got to get that world smart It's out there, Team America, World Police. Yep, soon to be space police. <laughs> <laughs> It says the United States does not assert sovereignty or sovereign or exclusive rights or jurisdiction over or the ownership of any celestial body. Except for Earth, wank. <laughs> <laughs> now, a, a guy from um, the Space Law and Policy Solutions Agency, they said that's really wrong because it, this is a great quote. It would be like asking – it would be like you asking me for a piece of pie and me saying go over to my neighbor's house and take a piece of their pie – then come back and thank me for it. America. <laughs> it sounds pretty much like how our government works. Yeah, basically. Yep. Yep. Uh, also, the, the Senate took out uh, language that would protect space miners from what's called harmful interference. Uh, things that might disrupt a company's normal operations. Um, Gotta protect that company. Space pirates. What is harmful interference? Well, and inevitably, Somalians are going to get space technology. Uh and Obviously, they're probably not going to start up their own mining operations, so that will probably be the first space pirates. And uh, you need protection against them. And uh, and this bill does I've not got offer some, that. I've got some insurance to sell you. <laughs> Excellent. Anti-space pirate insurance. <laughs> yeah, get out your fucking checkbook. Space pirate insurance. Yeah, man. You know, if we... People are, people are going to die, and it's going to be horrible when space piracy happens, but... If we get to that point, think how far we've come. 
To the point yeah. that we can have someone who, for whom it's financially viable to be a pirate in space. Bravo, humanity. You fucking done yep. it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I mean, we got enough money to get into space. Yeah. But I hate working for a living. So hand over the goods. <laughs> it's like, all right, you could just go back to Earth and sell your ship and your weapons and probably no. make, a, make a good fortune. I'm going to hijack a space freighter. Well, I mean, do you issue. remember if Cowboy you, you Bebop? Ship. Earth wasn't very nice then. I wouldn't want to sell my spaceship and live on Earth then. That's a fair point. And in Blade Runner, you never see the off-world colonies, and they may be just as bad as Earth and have been personified as being so, but Earth is a shithole, and everyone wants to go off-world. To become space pirates. That is very possible. Very, very possible. Let's let's move on to, to, to television. There's a lot of awesome stuff that's happened lately. The fall season is on in full effect. We've got Ash versus the Evil Dead, Jessica Jones, Man in the High Castle. Woo! I've been having a hard time keeping up. Because Adventure yeah. Time has been going super oh strong God, lately yes. too. Like they, 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 I think they popped out like five or six episodes in the past couple of weeks. It's well, just nuts. They, uh, the, the most recently they did an eight-part miniseries called Stakes, the first miniseries yeah. they've ever done. I'm, uh, I'm right in the middle of that now. It's amazing. It was a week of two episodes every day. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't keep up. It's been fantastic, and and regular show likewise has been knocking out the park. There's there's a lot of a lot of um, awesome stuff happening. Um, but so uh, let's talk about the, the new the new shit. Uh, now all of us have not seen all of these, so let's let's start with with Jessica Jones. I mean, obviously Daredevil is a huge success. I love Jessica Jones the character. Most people don't know her at all. Uh, so this is really exciting to see Marvel do a show based on a character who's like a C lister. Maybe. What do you guys think so far? I think it's amazing. Uh, I I think she is just portrayed fantastically. I love that she gives zero fucks about anything. And she's just like um, unapologetically who she is and just does what she wants. Um, I'm, I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah. And she's not like a perfect character by any means. She's she's really flawed. She's got PTSD. Um, you know, she's an alcoholic. She, yeah. She has to put deal with all that stuff on top of this villain who caused a lot of these problems which is the purple man played by david tennant who is amazing i've, I've never seen him play a villain before I'm, I'm pretty curious he does a great job of it do you know yeah i'm he, only i'm only second episode in so i can't attest to it yet but i love david tennant so i'm sure it's i'm sure he's fantastic i think i could argue that doctor who is a villain <laughs> <laughs> actually oh yeah Wait, didn't he play somebody in Harry Potter? I don't. I, I didn't. He no, he did play a villain in Harry Potter. He Wait, did. He played. Well, Jess, you know, you know the character name. But yeah, his character is like, he's a little bit rapey, and uh, a little bit, a little. Yeah, he's a, or a Marty lot. Marty Crouch Jr. He's kind of a lot of it rapey and creepy, and really menacing and awesome at the same time. Hmm. What, what was that name, Jess? Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. And what? So Barty Barty Crouch was uh, he was high up in the Ministry of Magic, and so uh, his son ended up being a follower of Voldemort, and then uh, he was presumed dead um, or pronounced dead um, in Azkaban. But in fact, um, he was smuggled out uh, and then hidden by his father and put under an imperious curse because his wife was like, no, my son, he can't die in there. And, and Jess so... just said a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's I what have, it sounds like when you talk about Warcraft. <laughs> I didn't even go into any details on Warcraft. I was keeping it very general. <laughs> you were naming names. I don't know. <laughs> I said one name. You started talking about portals, and I'm like, I, I gotta check out. Like, I said Thrall when you mentioned a green orc floating down the river. Yeah, that, that part I got. I'm, I'm like, that must be his name. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, and did, did, did you guys know that, that uh, David Tennant is playing Fugitoid in Ninja Turtles right now? What's a Fugitoid? Well, he's a fugitive android. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> yeah. and uh, Ninja, In what Ninja Turtles? The, the Nickelodeon series. Oh, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's it's a it is it's a thing. It's still it's still very good. They actually this this season has been uh, a little surprising and weird so far. They they at the end of last season, uh, the Triceratons landed on Earth, destroyed Earth in a black hole to eliminate the uh, the alien threat of the Krang, and uh, and Earth is gone and dead. But Fugitoid showed up at the last minute and managed to save the turtles, April and Casey, and was like, "Hey, you don't know me, but I know what your problems are." and 
this ship can go back in time six months once. So we're going to do that, and we're going to save your planet. We've got to collect the pieces of the black hole generator before that happens again. And for and they, they cast Doctor Who as a character from space who swoops in and saves the day. What huh. a surprise. And takes them back through time. Yeah. Wow. I actually understood more of that than I did when Jess went off on <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Hater's gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's been it's been interesting, and he does a, he does a very cute robot voice. But uh, anyway, so uh, so Jessica Jones, so it's good, and everything you've said about the character so far sounds absolutely on point for her personification in the comic books. Yeah, so far I really love it. They don't go too crazy with like the superpowers are sort of like oh they're there, but they're not a huge focus of the show. Yeah, that's what I that's what I actually like about her too, where she's again like just zero fucks. Like yeah, I got powers. I use them like you're going to tell someone they're going to think you're crazy. So her two superpowers, uh, like I said, I'm only about halfway through the, the Netflix series, the first season, her two superpowers so far seem to be pulling apart locks and breaking windows. <laughs> now she lifted a car. Yeah, I guess she did lift a car, but on the whole, the ones that she uses the most well, those are two very useful skills. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't hurt you. Well, a lot of the times the windows are like reinforced ones and she's just kind of shattering them on accident by pounding on them. Have they addressed where her powers come from in the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because that's a question of mine. They haven't... They mentioned an accident. Okay. That's about it. Think, now, is, am I correct in that, if I remember correctly, I believe you explained this before, but... It's the same accident as Daredevil? Is it the same chemical spill? Uh, I think I was talking about Ninja Turtles in that when I was talking about that. Okay, so it's a different accident. You know, let me let me per- actually re-verify because it has been a while since I've had to remember where Jessica Jones is. I thought came it, from. I I remember that you said it was the Ninja Turtles also, but that was also just kind of like a nod. That wasn't like an official thing, right? Right, right. That's why like they fight the foot while Daredevil fights the hand. Right. Here's the thing about Jessica Jones's powers: it's Im- in the in the original comics, it is ambiguous. It doesn't have to necessarily have been those. It, it, they could easily be tying her her in a Daredevil for the purpose of the cinematic universe. That would make sense. But like many other Marvel characters before her, it was simply some exposure to some chemicals. Okay, right. Well, yeah, they said there was an accident, and wow, nice, yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There were some chemicals, and I was like, well, it's probably Daredevil. I want to know what those chemicals were, because apparently just... Chemical just Getting it splashed on you can either make you super strong or give you super sense. It's like... Why don't people just start splashing Daredevil themselves? got it like, in his eyes, the, though. Yeah, like, what was that chemical? Was it part of a construction site? How do you use it in a construction site? Is it some type of waste that they're trying to get rid of? What did it... Can what I was have it? some? Or was waste? Uh, that yeah. has been the subject of many uh, different story arcs. Um, I'm sure there's actually several explanations at this point. I'm sure. I'm just uh, saying. But, I, I want to know. Well, I mean, that's that's why Eastman and Laird, when they used Daredevil's origins to also tell the story of how the Ninja Turtles existed, were like, you know what that was? That was waste from a, from fucking aliens. So that's how you could explain sure, it. It's not sure. just random chemicals. Radioactive. It's, like, it's actual stuff that is not of this earth. So good explanation as any. Um. Uh, so maybe we'll be able to talk more about uh, Jessica Jones in the in the future, but uh, for now, I guess yeah, we don't want to go too spoilery on it because there've not been enough time passed for anybody to fully consume this. Well, not everybody, anyway. I I'm guess sure, the, I'm sure the, by the, the time is, this comes out, there's going to be a lot of people that have watched all of it. Yeah. yeah. So the verdict. Take is, away, just watch it. Just watch it. it. Just watch okay. It. 
<laughs> now, a show that I would fucking love to watch and haven't for reasons um, is Ashen. You're playing Fallout. Uh, yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that was, man, so much time lost. But Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I, I want this show so badly in my life, but goddammit, it's on Stars. And I don't, maybe that's on Hulu. I don't know. I don't have Hulu. I have Amazon and I have Netflix, and it's not on either of those things. So we got Ash vs. the Evil Dead on Stars. Um, Outcast, the new Robert Kirkman series, is coming to fucking the Cinemax of all things. So there's going to be a run of awesome shows I want to check out that I won't necessarily have access to and don't necessarily want to pay more money to have access to. And we're, we're officially hitting the wall now where um, people will have to make weird financial decisions about subscribing to things rather than buying things for entry. Um, yeah, we're getting – everything's getting a little bit too splintered. Yeah. I, it, there needs to be some unification. But I will watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead – as soon as humanly possible. I hear it's amazing. Tell me how, tell me what I'm fucking missing out on. The basic premise of this series is that Ash has been, I, I don't 100% know if Army of Darkness has anything to do with it. Do you, I, did you I, pick I, that I up? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Army of Darkness has to because otherwise Evil Dead 2 ends with him getting sucked into a void. That's true. That's a very good point. But then Army of but, Darkness ends two different ways. Well, the theatrical ending is he's back, you know, in, yeah, in our that, time. And that it's, would be know, the one that yeah. that made it through. And if you want to talk controversy, I prefer that ending. Now, the only reason I <laughs> the only reason I say that I wasn't sure if Army of Darkness happened is because Ash references Evil Dead 2. Like he brings that up and and talks about stuff that happened in Evil Dead 2, but he never talks about any like being sucked into What ancient... about his missing hand? Mm-hmm. He has a wooden stump. He doesn't have the robot hand. Okay. From, you know, you have to go to medieval times to get, to get the robot, robot hands. Hand, of course. Obviously. Yeah, I couldn't get that replaced because, I mean, how could you? But the whole basis for the show is that just pretty much that Ash has been idle for about 30 years. Doing almost nothing. Uh, just working in crappy retail S-Mart jobs. Yeah. He doesn't work at S-Mart anymore. He works at a new store. I forget what it's called. Jess? Mm, I don't remember. Just Some, also, something Mart. I guess something it, Mart. It is insignificant, but he works at, it looks like a Best Buy, basically. But he's just not been doing anything. And the whole reason that the show starts up is because he gets drunk one night with this girl and they start reading out of the Necronomicon. Why? Which, <laughs> Why? He, which he has because stashed at his house. <laughs> Wait, what, what was that, Jess? Oh, because she likes French poetry, and he's like, oh, I got something like poetry. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's how the whole show starts, is just, he's drunk one night. Uh, uh, he doesn't even remember it at first. Like, I think this revelation is not even in the first episode. Like, I think it's like, he just kind of is like, oh, I think that's what that what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, typical Ash, you son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> Jess, what do you what do you think of it so far? I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it's incredibly well done. It's the same amount of ridiculous gore, like, but still being slightly creepy at times. Um, and yeah, the deadites just, are in full effect. Like, yeah, they are yeah. as ridiculous as they yeah. were in Army of Darkness. Awesome. And they're and they're using practical effects too. So I mean, so it's 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 really it's 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 just really well done and and ash still gives them all like nice one-liners and yeah calls them all kinds of fun names <laughs> how many episodes is it so far there's been four as of this conversation and it's been greenlit for another season already so it's like this really that's exciting it was greenlit a week before yeah. it debuted so there's more there's i mean this could, I, I yeah this I've, could be evil dead forever i don't know <laughs> how long do we want it to go it's as long as we watch it until ash dies or you know i suppose as long as we watch it except that i haven't been giving stars my money so i, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but as soon as it's on amazon I'll, I'll throw actual money at it but yeah i've loved it so far and i actually have a theory as to how I hope that this series ends. I'm going to go ahead and throw go it ahead. out just because I, there's it. no way that this could possibly spoil anything. And because there's no end because in there's sight. No, so. Yeah, there's no end in sight. But if you recall from Army of Darkness, all Ash had to do to solve the problem was say, Klaatu, Verata, Nikto, with the book in hand. Yeah. That's all he had yeah. to do. But he, he screwed it up. He didn't remember it properly. Yeah. 
<laughs> and in the series as of like I, episode two i believe they they start like oh we have to like take the book with us and figure out somebody who is knowledgeable about the book so they can help us put a cap on this whole situation and and you know stop the deadites from from coming and my hope is that the series ends with they find somebody who understands the book and Ash just has to say, Klaatu Verata Nikto. I really, really <laughs> I, hope that that's how they end this. I I could see that. Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler and we can cut it if it is, but uh, it, I think it's like the third episode in. Uh, there, Ash is told the answer is inside of himself. So, Oh, that, God. That could, that I am right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting i'm i'm really like even if even if i see it coming from like 10 miles away that is still going to be amazing that's fucking great wow and the other the other show that uh, doug and i recently sampled just just the tip but um but i can't wait for more I i want the full length uh man in the high castle uh series on amazon Based on the Philip K. Dick book, and this the show's uh, showrunner is Frank Spotnitz, who's doing a lot of writing and directing. This guy is one of the main dudes behind some of the best X Files, and this show is crazy. And it, it's a genre that's been often explored by sci-fi, but Doug and I were talking about we don't think we've ever seen it at the scale um, on on definitely not on television. It's uh, alternate reality historical fiction. It's what if the Axis won World War II and America was divided between the Nazis and the Japanese? And it's uh, – I haven't read the book, I don't, so I don't really know the source material. Everything that I've seen with a similar thing where, like, Axis wins – because a couple of things have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always Zeppelins are flying around everywhere. I haven't it's seen not. any Zeppelins. <laughs> well, see, see that thing, too. Most of those things take place, like, in the 40s or whatever, or, or in, like, a this future. Is take, this is the 1960s. Yeah, this is 1962. So they won 20 years ago, and... Uh, Zeppelins are everywhere. No, 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 no. Zeppelins. Just, it's my, it, was, it was... Everything is accurate for that year of 1962. It's the American for, Reich. Yeah. Um, and... I was kind of expecting it to be a little cheesy of just like, oh, you know, the good old days when we when America was still America. It was it was great. And oh, would it be great? Oh, don't you just wish we'd won that silly old war? Would, you know, things would be much better now. But it's instead it's really not about patriotism. It's more about people with a secret and trying to hide. And it's it's a little bit more of a paranoia thriller political thriller and and not so much about a flag waving love fest and uh i was just surprised at how it treats it very realistic at least it feels realistic whether it actually could have happened or not i don't know but you get into this world where it starts to feel kind of real and then they start slipping in the science the sci-fi element of where they may be aware that there's something weird going on that's not a natural phenomenon because the inciting incident is um a reel of of film that has a movie uh, produced hypothetically by a person called the man in the high castle. And what it shows is uh, V day celebrations from our reality. Hmm. So it shows like America winning the war, planting the flag. And then, you know, people in the streets of times square, waving the American flag and everything, but all real footage from our reality. And the characters on the show are like, that's not the way it happened. Like was and, this a fake? Yeah, is this how, a forgery? how did they do this? How We're, could you? How could you fake this? And you can't be based on the technology at the time. They're like they're not even Goebbels with this most advanced team of people. Th- even they couldn't fake something like this. This is too good to be fake. How is this real? How can it be real? And we only made it a couple episodes in, but that question this won't sounds go like away. Bioshock Infinite now. It kind of has like a weird vibe like that. Um, and, and I also haven't read the story, but I mean Bioshock Infinite. Now that you bring it up, is really in the wheelhouse of the kind of stuff that Philip K. Dick liked to write as far as alternate reality things. So it seems entirely possible that we're playing in that kind of scope right now. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to continue watching the show. Um, once the show is, once I've finished watching the show, I'm going to pick up the book. Um, I've only had one previous experience with reading a Philip K. Dick novel that was already based on a film, and that was Blade Runner and Do You End Dream of Electric Sheep? Didn't find the book that enjoyable. It was all right. Had some good ideas, uh, but it was a little long. I didn't. I, I didn't particularly care for it that much. So I'm hoping uh, that this the show being really good isn't a sign that the book 
needed to be a film, if that makes any sense. And I should also add, Ridley Scott uh, co-produced this thing. He's like well, the executive producer. Interesting. So it's like got Spotnitz from X-Files, Ridley Scott. Uh, Philip K. Dick is known for writing great ideas but not necessarily being well-written books, um, which is, you know, we – you know, we love Minority Report, Total Recall, uh, all the stuff that's been based on his work that's been turned into a property has done very well and has become iconic. But I think due to people adapting his great ideas, um, and I don't know, I don't really know about how The Man in the High Castle, like, works as a novel, but I, the show's been great. I cannot wait to watch, watch the rest of it. Speaking of Ridley Scott, uh, Prometheus 2 is a movie I never wanted to happen. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I fucking hate Prometheus. It was a beautiful movie that was complete shit. Complete and utter shit. I've seldom been so mad walking out of a theater. So what you're saying is, since I haven't watched it, I should not watch it? <sighs> I was going to ask the same thing. I mean, <laughs> Cap hates it. Cap really, really dislikes it. I didn't hate the movie. I was a little, I was a little let down. Um, the trailers were great. It really made it feel like a, a, a horse street of horror, like Alien. And there are some great scenes in the film. But once the movie's over, I was left being like, well, wait a minute, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, it takes you on this crazy ride, and then as soon as you stop to think about it, like the fridge logic, it's like, well, why didn't they just, why, why didn't they just do this? You know, like, why, how come that guy was an idiot? Like, you know, like, this, this guy's supposed to be a scientist. And he acts like a complete idiot. Here's, like how, here's no... how to watch it. Here's my recommendation for making Prometheus good, which I hope to do someday. Either like get a, a great prog rock album, like let's say let's say get Dark Side of the Moon, or make your own mix of your favorite instrument. Get some like Trent Reznor music, uh, not on a loop. Something something <laughs> progressive, something experimental. Ideally, instrumentals may be a good a good move. Make a playlist feature length. Turn that on. Turn the sound off of Prometheus. Watch the movie. You'll be like. Damn, that was super cool. It was such a beautiful film. And whatever you think is happening in the film will be better than what the characters have <laughs> told you is happening. Yeah, maybe. You won't know that the guy who's a, like, an alien biologist is, uh, they're, they're, the characters should know better. They're, but they behave like fucking teenagers in a fucking Cabin in the Woods style movie. Like, yeah, they, they really don't make sense after a while. Damon Lindelof is a fucking murderer. <laughs> of, of like a script writer he kills things in the bad way um so i don't want prometheus to but it's happening and it was called alien paradise lost and ridley scott was attached to it and now it's called officially alien covenant so prometheus then goes into alien and everyone was like what's going on what the fuck is going on because neil blumkamp the guy who uh did like chappy in district nine and all that he uh, published, you know, famously published some concept art he had drawn up of what he would want to do with an alien film and an old Sigourney Weaver, and that actually got greenlit. Like, they had people working on it. Well, apparently, whatever creative control Ridley Scott has within the company, he has reeled that in, because Blum Blumkamp is a terrible writer, but a wonderful filmmaker. And his movie, I was curious to see it. But it's not happening anymore. In an interview with IGN, Ridley Scott said, I'm trying to keep this for myself. I let the other one uh, get away from me, talking about Alien. I shouldn't have. I'm trying to re-resurrect the beast and let it off the hook for a while because I'm coming back into the back end of Alien 1. I'm gradually getting to Alien 1. So even though Prometheus was a shit fest that if you try to actually actively connect it to the Alien universe – doesn't make sense and the parts that it does connect to you're like ew why like that that's terrible he's still working on some kind of fucking prequel legacy prior that takes place prior to the first alien film and the official synopsis for covenant is ridley scott returns the universe he created an alien with alien covenant the second chapter in the prequel trilogy that began with prometheus oh, shut the fuck up <laughs> like what's this returning <laughs> but yet it's a prequel yet it's a series i don't i'm uh... It connects directly to Scott's 1979 seminal work of science fiction. Bound for a remote planet on the far side of the galaxy, the crew of the colony ship Covenant discovers what they think is an uncharted paradise, but is actually a dark, dangerous world, whose sole inhabitant is the synthetic David, played by Michael Fassbender, survivor of the Doom Prometheus expedition. I just threw up in my mouth. You know, if, if it had started with this, and it was like, we're doing an alien movie, and, uh... You know, I wonder if you don't see Prometheus, 
this might be good. Alien Covenant. It might, it, I lo- it might be good. Where it's just like you don't get the backstory. It's just like, look, we were part of the thing. It went wrong. Creatures got loose, and uh, uh, now I'm the only survivor. It's just like, oh shit, I'm interested. Tell like let's let's get let's make it out of here alive. But instead, when it's just like, let's go digging for alien bones, and then it's like, <laughs> oh wait. Here's something really weird that's happening that I should report, but I'm going to touch it. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it makes no sense. These are supposed to be the best scientific minds that they picked. Like, don't go in there, baby. Yeah, it's like, don't go in there. You're going to get shot. Like, it's it's the, the, the whole hook of the first Prometheus is that they find evidence that aliens may have come to Earth and they've left, like, clues for us to go to this particular system and it's like an invitation. And they're like, mount it up. We're fucking going. Because this is like, you can't argue with this. And so they get the best scientific minds that they can afford. And they're all idiots. Like, everyone in the <laughs> audience would have made better choices than, than these, like, world, science, world famous scientists. I don't understand. Yeah, it's fucking, fuck Prometheus. But Ridley Scott, until Prometheus, was a guy who I'd be like, I can, any Ridley Scott movie. Give me any Ridley Scott movie. No, I haven't seen them all. But, like... He doesn't make bad movies, but I didn't. I haven't seen his more recent work, like the the, the Gladiator style things that he did post Gladiator and stuff like that. What Kingdom of Heaven, I believe, is one of them. I heard that was. Bad. I heard the director's cut of that is much better. But um, I but I always used to be like, you know, Ridley Scott is a seal of quality. But after after Prometheus, after he let Damon Lindelof make that just god awful script. How could you shoot that? How could you shoot that in good conscience? And you don't need to hear the Prometheus argument again. I'm sure tons of people have argued why prometheus is shit um and i agree with them 100 percent um but it is it is possible that alien covenant could be good as a standalone film but like as a prequel trilogy fuck you prequel trilogy get the fuck out of my fucking yard (laughs) 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 but i mean but even alone as you described it i mean it just sounds like something you've seen before like all the time like oh psych this world isn't actually as good as it seems there's actually something really evil lurking like it's it's you like like the martian right i love the martian that's really that's a really scott joint that's true that's true joint (laughs) now for context if you're not familiar word (laughs) seriously (laughs) um jess it's not a film it's a joint it's a spikely joint man (laughs) You ain't, you ain't chill enough. Uh, Jess famously hated the Martian book and was surprisingly comfortable with the film adaptation by Ridley Scott. It's true. I didn't love it, but I mean, it, I didn't hate it either, so. You didn't find it insulting? Yes. <laughs> I think that's important. Uh, he, he fixed the stupid astronauts. So, I mean, I guess he had stupid scientists and Prometheus and not. He fixed the stupid that was in the book from the Martian. So. And his uh, Robin Hood story was okay. It's he shouldn't have called it Robin Hood. He should have called it something else because only at the very end, like literally the last montage of the movie, is like, "Well, we saved the day, but now we're outlaws, so we got to go to Sherwood Forest." And then like the king is like, "He's like, oh, let's put up the wanted posters, and if anyone sees this outlaw, bring him in." And then it's like Robin Hood, and I'm like, only in the last ten minutes is he Robin so Hood. So it should have been Robin of Loxley. Well, you know or what? that's going to be part two. Spoiler alert. Uh, Russell Crowe, he's not Robin Hood. He's not Robin of Loxley. Dude, I just I was like, what the shit is Doug talking about? I, just, I didn't even fucking know this movie happened. Robin Hood 2010. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe plays a different guy uh, who fought with Robin Hood in the Crusades. Oh. Robin, Robin of Loxley dies. Russell Crowe comes back and assumes his identity. Okay. That sounds dumb. If they just if they just didn't call it Robin Hood, they call it something else. If you go in that movie expecting Robin Hood, like with the Merry Man and stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, none of that. But if it's if you're looking for a medieval set action adventure war movie, it's not bad. But it is completely. I've got Men in Tights and Prince of Thieves. Yeah, I have no more yeah. room for any more Robin Hood anything yeah, you don't, in my you life. Don't. Well, We're good. It, but, it, but admittedly, want, uh, Prince, uh, Prince of Thieves does not hold up at all. It's. Yeah, am it's, I, really? Yeah, it's bad now. I haven't, I I haven't watched it. it for a really long time. Yeah, I have fond memories of it too. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work anymore. Why not? I, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but like, like it's Men in Tights does make fun of it a lot, and it's every moment is deserving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just re- remember, just to save yourself the trouble, you may enjoy it more if you watch, if you rewatch Prince of Thieves, knowing this is not going to be as good as I remember it. And then you'll be okay. 
Huh. We'll just see about that. <laughs> Are you telling me... You tell me I can't enjoy something, Cap? Kevin Costner was in a bad movie? <laughs> Good one. Before we go, uh, we got some more shout-outs we got to do. Some awesome people who gave us one-time donations. Uh, Wolfboy88 was actually so generous, he gave us two separate one-time donations at, at different occurrences. He, he did it once. He said, random donation, hype! And then he uh, came back with uh, $5 for the stream team, where our our dudes uh, stream some cool stuff on Twitch, and $5 just because. Thank you, Wolfboy. That rocks. And then Owen Viao, v- Viao, yeah, Owen, Owen Viao. Viao. He threw us some awesome money. Thanks, Owen. Now, uh, we also, if you subscribe to us on Patreon, uh, not only do you get all kinds of awesome stuff, um, you get a dedicated shout out uh, once a month. You just send us whatever you you got. Not a lot of people use this feature, but if you want us to say anything, whether it's a shout out to um, uh, you know, like a, a friend or, or loved one or enemy on the, sh- you know, you, say, we, we'll say whatever you want. You're you're paying for us. I want to do an do enemy shout out. Could somebody please? <laughs> Do that? <laughs> I'll personally do it. Request that Boar does it. <laughs> so, um... It'll ta- sound something like this. Oh, yeah. What'd it sound like? Nerdboy52 wants to shout out to his nemesis, Charles. We're coming for you, Charles. No place is safe. I will devour your soul. It'll sound something like that. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we could have negative shout-outs. I like that. We need to do that. Negative shout-outs. I mean, if it's going to contribute to, like, actual bullying, um, we we won't actually know the context there. No. So you're going to have to use your good judgment no, and not be an asshole. Don't bully people, but, you know. But if you want us to, to threaten someone with soul-swallowing, uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. But only to paying patrons, so Paying patrons, we will cyber-bully. <laughs> on, on your behalf. That, that is... That is very fitting. That's that's deliciously evil in that. Just pay and we'll cyberbully you. <laughs> you jerks. <laughs> uh, but you you guys you guys are awesome and uh, Temsu is awesome. Temsu has has a new shout out. This is a shout out to Cap, Doug, and Tony for keeping the Lightning Dogs Facebook page going with links to true Lightning Dogs articles on real life canines that are shining examples of bravery and loyalty. And you sneaky devils, because I almost didn't realize that true lightning dogs is your knowing is half the battle. The outro message before the credits roll. Well played, nerdy show. Well played. I've met those guys. Those, <laughs> those guys in the shout out? You know, Cap, Doug, and Tony, you met them? Yeah, one time. Man, that's pretty cool. I'm one of them. I think I touched you. No. Time, you're not. You're, Doug, there's lots of people named Doug in the world. He's clearly not talking about you. Yeah, it was probably a different Doug. All right, you got me. <laughs> No, Doug is actually Doug can t- I think take credit for all of the uh, true lightning dogs. Actually, that's entirely his brainchild. So uh, the kudos is really entirely on Doug's lap. Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to take too much credit. Among other things, what else you got on that lap? <laughs> <laughs> too much. Uh, so yeah, Temsu, thank you so much. Yeah, we're keeping the lightning dogs alive. If you're not familiar with lightning dogs, it's a crazy alternate reality late '80s, early '90s post-apocalyptic animated series we accidentally dreamed up one time and uh it happened live on the show and we turned it into a whole series of us brainstorming this thing that doesn't exist and now we're going to make it exist so for more information go to lightningdogs.com and uh, i guess that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening remember if you want to support nerdy show you can join us on patreon and uh, get all kinds of cool perks at different donation tiers and all kinds of awesome features get some negative shout outs negative shout outs (laughs) um (laughs) Amazon, anything you purchase on Amazon, and we know you're doing a lot of holiday shopping, if you go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon and you follow the link from our page to Amazon, add stuff into your cart, and then check out, a percentage of that actually goes back to Nerdy Show. So anytime you shop on Amazon, just bookmark nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, make that your portal, and uh, we will reap the benefits. Yeah, and if you buy something $1,000 or more through one of those links, we will give you a free negative shout-out. <laughs> yeah, if you want to tell us, hey, I just spent a bunch of money on there, um, you don't have to tell us what it is. Negative shout-out? Yeah, you have to be like, I bought four Vizio TVs. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get four Vizio TVs for only $1,000? <laughs> I didn't. I said it was a thousand or over. Oh, okay. I didn't say they had to spend exactly a thousand dollars. That would be ridiculous. That would be a feat. I'd be very impressed if someone just kept adding things in their cart and made sure tax was just like exactly one zero zero zero. 
That would be pretty impressive, actually, yeah. We might have to unlock some new perk for that. I don't think we'd be able to know. We wouldn't be able to know what their transaction was. We'd just see a bunch four Vizio TVs. <laughs> We're like, whoa, there's a, there's a Bala in our presence. Or we'd probably assume several Balas because who buys four? But you do, be clearly. a sale on Vizio TVs. <laughs> Buy one, get three free. <laughs> uh, so you can do that, nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. So we'll have links to all that on this episode's page, of course. And um, as well as links to our shirt page of all brand new Nerdy Show shirts, including shirts of every uh, every cast member of Dungeons and Doritos, all kinds of awesome stuff there. Pika Thor, a really cool Thor Pikachu mashup that Tony drew back in the day that's on T-shirt now. Go crazy. Go nuts. Buy these, buy these shirts. Buy the damn shirts. Nerdyshow.com slash shirts. Now, it's never too late to celebrate Halloween, right, guys? Never. <laughs> that is what I thought. Here's a killer track from Font Drama, a.k.a. Clara Biznaz and uh, Miss Eves featuring some Lovecraftian rhymes. It's from their new self-titled EP, and you can hear these guys in rotation on Nerdy FM, our streaming nerd music station, available online and on your respective app store. This is Lights Out by Font Drama featuring Joey Slater. Make the cauldron bubble, double double boy trouble. Give me that axe, I'll make that body spray supple. Steel hits a major vein. Jugular, did you say you're in love with her? Die, motherfucker! Borden, comma Lizzie, extra kicks your organs. Cops are like, who is he? Oh, is this recording? Can folk in the morgue and can't identify? I'm psychotic. Head of the class of Miskatonic. Dr. West is in the building. I stay drilling into craniums. Reanimate the lungs. I jack you up. Stay ripping a pay tuition. Ravens at your door and the pendulum is swinging. Lights out. Are you brave? See what you got. Cause you know you wanna play. Knuckles crack, yeah. I'm a man eater, leader of the pack. Blood sucker, bite mosquito. Lights out, man done. It's a rap burrito, neato. I'm a little nuts, never plastic. Maybe bang my head on too many glass lids. Asking for straight jackets to prove I'm magic. Voodoo bush mama. Got you shaking like an addict. Static. Ring, ring. Got seven more days to go. You know, bodies in the phone. Whoa. I'm a brouhaha, so I brew ya. Little noodle. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. 
As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all of your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.